Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Hi, Carjack. Hi. You use that. <laughs> I, I use car, I've used Hijack. I'm getting. I'm getting down. You're right. I'm scraping the barrel these days. Right. We're and and yeah. Yeah, and and you're the smart one that uses the big words. Yeah, well, and I, you can't come up with more words with a name with a jack, jack in, in them. I can. I, I guess I'm gonna have to just try a little. I haven't been driving as much. That's usually when I remember them. So I mean, I've used jackalope. I've used Jack in the Box. I've used Jack Spratt. I've used Jack in the Beanstalk. I've used Jack. Hi, Jack Klugman. <laughs> hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah. And what character What's did he his play? Wife's in the odd couple. Name? His wife was the only reason his wife was famous was being famous for being married to Jack Klugman, and she was on the on the game show circuit. Oh yeah, and yeah, I yeah. I remember and, her, and I can see her. I can see her hair, and can't think of her name. And she was literally known for being Jack Klugman's wife. Yeah, that was like J.P. Morgan would be yeah, on a TV yeah, her, just because she was a socialite. Her name. Oh well, yeah. it doesn't matter. No matter. Okay, but anyway, we're not here to talk about that. You know what we're here to talk about? What are we here to talk about? Murdering spouses. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. no shortage of them. So like, it's kind of fun. This is this this one. Yeah, this one takes the cake, and it is again forensic files. Forensic files, season five. Season five, episode fourteen. Episode fourteen. And for some reason, they called this "broken promises," which broken I guess is just a lame promises. reference to marriage vows. Broken promises. Right. It's Durham, North Carolina. It's nineteen eighty-eight. Where? We, haven't we done a lot about we've got Durham? A, yeah, we've had a lot. For some reason, we've had another one. One we haven't hasn't come out yet was set in um, Raleigh. Raleigh and Durham are virtually the same place. But, uh, maybe maybe I've seen a bunch that... By the way, good company in the car. Listeners, we watch a lot of these shows. It's not just the ones we're doing. Because we're trying to go... We're trying to find something in there that's a little goofy yeah. or a little odd or a little... Just, uh, you know, you've got some good 911 stuff or a plot But that yeah, something apart. that sticks out a little bit. Yeah. So so I, I think he... I know Kevin watches a lot more of them than I do. But I average at least... Four or five a week. Yeah, that's great. And, and because it's like you'll start watching them, and you're like, "Oh, this one's kind of boring." And then you get sucked and, into it. <laughs> well, well, but but it's uh, but I'm always looking for the. And then when they search the house, they found a closet yeah, full gun. of you know <laughs> inflatable dolls. You know something something. And up. in this episode, there literally was a smoking gun. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that is funny. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and uh, we learn about um, Durham. Durham's nice enough town. It really is a. Well, yeah. It's a southern city, but it feels like a town. I've been through it a couple of times. It the downtown. Is downtown, but Renee, the news anchor Renee McCoy, is here to just tell us about it. She's, got, she's a very polished presenter. Great place to raise a family. You look around for communities throughout the country that have wonderful school systems, great parks, great recreational facilities for children and families, and you'll find that here. So we learned that Russell Steger, who is the star of this episode, for lack of a better word. That's horrible. Uh, <laughs> he's the subject. Subject. That's the better word. Russell Steger, he's a baseball coach and a driving instructor. And so, our coach in high school was also our driving instructor. Well, I, th- I was going to say, they're saying he's the baseball coach, which would lead you to believe that he is the PE teacher. Yeah. Because I think coaches, coaches, very rarely do you know of coaches that 
just do one sport. That's it. No, 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 no. That aren't the gym teachers. Mm -hmm. Like there's, you know, like in my high school, there were a couple of coaches that were the regular teacher, regular. That's not what I mean. I mean, teachers who didn't teach physical education. They taught math or science or whatever. And they happened to be a coach, but this guy with the driving instructor and all that stuff, he, he was a gym. He was, he was the gym teacher. And he he was was beloved. His students loved him. He, um, he married his high school sweetheart, Joe Lynn, who ends up playing a great role. The marriage lasts for four years, but uh, she has nothing but the nicest things to say about him. Normally, normally when you watch these things and an ex-spouse of some sort shows up, it's usually they're not saying a lot of nice things about what's going on. And she was like, he was, I think they were still friendly. They were extremely friendly. she was like. Russ was a very gentle, compassionate, caring, full of life human being. He embraced life. Um, He had a very tender heart. She, and because when she first popped up, I was like, "Uh oh!" And then I was like, "Oh, oh, oh!" Yeah, oh. Well, it only lasted four years, and then they consciously uncoupled. And they like, showed all those pictures <laughs> of them in their high levi- late seventies fashions with it, their odd collars and sleeve oh, links and he hairstyles. He had like a Fu Manchu mustache oh, and kind of a kind oh, of mullety long hair. Oh, and anyway, they after he gets divorced, less than a year later, he marries Barbara Ford, who was thirty one. Which would lead me to believe that he knew Barbara before. I, I don't maybe I feel like she just moved in on him yeah, but she has two sons too. and she's clearly a few years older than him because if they got married in high school sweetheart right out of high school do the math he was only like 22 or 23 when he got divorced she's 31 so no 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 high school sweetheart he had graduated from high school he was a PE teacher so he had to have gone to college so you don't have to go to college to be a PE teacher how many teachers do you know that don't have college educations I didn't think you needed that for. I thought you could just get a certificate, like like you know you're you're you trained to become a mechanic. Where Alabama? Uh, I didn't. I I wasn't under that impression. Oh, I no. Right. You can't be a teacher without having a college okay. education. Well, anyway, so he, he graduated from college. Let's say he's twenty two. Then he got assuming married. he got married, so he, did, that so would he make was him probably twenty six, twenty seven, something like so that. So she's a few years older than him. She's still she's still a few years older than him, but there's no way he was twenty two. Okay. She has two sons, which he you adopts, and a teacher you know, treats, needs a college. Even right? a PE teacher needs a an education. I don't know why I thought degree. that. That's what I thought. So on the weekends, uh, he works in the National Guard, and he teaches Sunday school with her. So on the surface, it seems like it they with got the Sunday school teachers either killing or being killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? There's Maybe a, Forensic Files has some sort of a matrix they were looking for. We want we want Southern, we want uh, teach school teachers, we want Sunday school I, it's, teachers. It's I hear it across the podcast I listen to. It's these church going, these choir members, you know, kill each other. Because, and- which is what I say repeatedly about religion. Religion in itself is not bad. It's the people. It's the people who are flawed, who are trying to present a holier-than-thou image. These are the ones that explode, yeah. implode, whatever the word it, it, is. I think it's a little of both. They yeah. implode. And then they explode. Look on me, look on me. Um, so it's February 1st, 1988, at 6 a.m. in the morning. The cops get a call. It's a shooting. And so Lieutenant Paul Hornbuckle shows up. He's one of the first ones on the scene. She's going on and on and on about this gun. Uh, he's, she says that he's keeping a small pistol under his pillow because there were some robberies in the neighborhood. And that's what he was doing. And she reached to get it, and it actually went off and shot him in the back of the head. I love. 
the idea of people keeping guns under their pillows. Mm-hmm. Would I you do ever not- do that? No! The thought of having a p- gun under a pillow no! is terrifying to me. It's, well, it's not terrifying it's terrifying. To me, but I flail around. I don't... Terrifying. <laughs> a, gu- a loaded gun in my bed under my pillow? Absolutely not. That's the stuff of nightmares. That's what the night stands for. So, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't understand that. Yeah, well, she she said that she re- her son got up in the night at like 5.30 in the morning to go to the bathroom. She was worried he was going to confuse him with the prowler. So as she reached for the gun, she shot him in the back of the head, and that's her, that's her story. That's her story. Now, they've been married for nine years. Mm-hmm. So after nine years... He's going to act I'm doing air quotes. I'm doing air quotes. He's going to accidentally think one of the kids is a burglar. That's what I thought too. You're like really? he's going to wake up immediately with the You gun don't know shoot. the sounds of your own family Somebody when they're the moving home. around just, the house. Uh, so <laughs> the kids at the school are shocked. He's very well liked. They have some clips of the kids saying, "Wow, not Really? Coach. He he must have been really well liked. Yeah, I think he was. But so now we learn this isn't the first time one of Barbara's husbands has died. What? <laughs> yeah, her first husband accidentally shot himself in the chest. <gasps> what? Back in 1978 while he was cleaning his pistol in his bed. Oh <laughs> So, uh, Inspectigator... Uh, Inspectigator? That was a good one. Inspectigator. Uh, <laughs> is that like a, a Morphin Ringa Power Ranger thing yeah, where you're I, an inspectigator? An inspector, an investigator, and an alligator all rolled into one? <laughs> Something like that. I don't know what the hell That's that was. Funny. So, one of the stars of this episode... We both love him. Is Detective Rick Buchanan? Oh my God, he, he's great. He was great. He makes the show. <laughs> he was great. And the reason that I thought he was great is because he didn't try to talk technical or nope. talk. He oh, he, he was, was talking like he was talking like he was sitting here like well Having this is a what's going on. Yeah, this is one of the times Forensic Files reenactment Rick doesn't look like real life Rick. It was not a very good cast. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually really okay. On this top. is what you're worried about. <laughs> so the next day, Detective Rick Buchanan goes to interview her. When he gets there, Barbara's dad is taking the bloody bedding away because it was since it was ruled an accident, it's not evidence. But you get the feeling Barb called up and was like, Dad, can you? And just like, oh, you didn't. Yeah, I did it again. Can you come I and help? It. Oh, I did it again. I, this, is the last, this is the last time, Barb. I'll, I'll be over there right away. But you, I, I don't tell your mother. She will be so mad oh, at me. God. And of course, to me, I was, I was mildly... Con- the way they worded it, it almost sounded like he was taking it to be cleaned, yeah. not taking it to dispose of it. Yeah. I'm I- telling you right now that if there was some sort of a a life death thing in my bed uh-huh. and there was an excessive amount of blood, I don't think I would keep the bed, uh, yeah, let alone much less the bedding. The bedding. But they, they, they wash the bedding and they're able to get it later, so they didn't throw it out. But he said when he gets there to interview her, she's not particularly friendly. Nor is she particularly sad. She was a little withdrawn, perhaps, but she was not overly friendly. She was not uh, a boo-hoo all the way through the interview. Something wasn't right. I couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't know exactly what it was. But it still wasn't enough to, to indicate anything other than an accidental shooting. She claims their nine years of marriage were happy. Uh, but Buchanan, he had a like a good country detective. He had a gut feeling, and something just wasn't right about it. And this is another one of those ones. Now, this is going to sound very sexist. I know this is going to sound sexist before I say it. 
but in the pictures, in some of the pictures, she didn't look bad, but she, this woman was not a looker. No. This was not a good looking no. woman. She like had kind of that Dorothy Hamill thing going with the hair and the Well, glasses. that was when she was done up. Yeah. But none of the other pictures of her was she done up, and this was not, she had a bird-like yeah, yeah, appearance. Yeah, yeah, And I'm thinking of my, now, now this is, because... Because I, well, this, oh God, I'm, I'm going to look so bad in this. And I, I really don't mind in this particular situation. Well, she, yeah, she's a Well, you know, she's not a, she doesn't. <laughs> it would be easy to poke fun of a murdering, horrible wench of a woman. And that's exactly how we're going to do but it. But in a weird way, though, I know this doesn't make sense. If she was really good looking or something and, and, and like Ginger from Gilligan's Island could kill someone and get away with it easier than an uglier person. I, I don't know. I, that just, well, beautiful people get away with stuff more. Exactly. Than ugly people do. So my, so my, so my, what, what was so bad? Really? That being married to him and trying to figure out, was well, that Because she's going to go out and find another good looking guy who's, because well, he was obviously the better looking of the two. I, I often do that when I look at couples. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, she way out of his league. Yeah, punch above her weight. He yep. way about, yeah, punch it above <laughs> No, I know I, I've said this to no, you. No, he had a nice physique and everything. He's well but put no, together. No, 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 he was and... a gym coach and he was still in his prime. Yep. And she was kind of, she was not... This is so horrible. She was ugly, so she didn't deserve. I know that's. I'm. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm like, it just. It you paint just, yourself into a corner. I, I really have painted myself into a corner, and that's okay. But what? I'm, but my point is, is like, she gonna do better? Yeah. So that's my point. Anyway, well, that wasn't that we, we. You'll learn that that's not the point. I know, but still. so his first wife, Jolyn, is oddly, is weirdly, strangely, overly upset about his death. That's because they've stayed very close, and she said some things to him. My reaction was, it was no accident. And that's what I said to my parents. And I remember my dad said, you, you can't know that it was no accident. You can suspect, but you can't know. And I said, no, I know that it was no accident. So she is certain that it's not it was not an accident. She right. writes a letter to the cops saying, Russell suspected her of cheating and that... Uh, oh, that was the other thing. She cheated on him. Mm-hmm. He caught her making, making out, out, out with a guy. And I'm thinking of my... And it showed pictures in a car. Mm-hmm. So it was implied that he caught her making out with a guy in a car somewhere. So JoLynn writes the letter to the police and you know says mentions the cheating that, she, uh, that uh, Russell spe- suspected. And that uh, Russell has discovered that she's withdrawn a bunch of money from an, from his account. I don't. I think they had two accounts or a shared account, and she was taking money that right. he, he forged kind of checks. Put, we get to that later. And Eric Evanson, who was the prosecutor. Uh, talks about her first husband. Now, this one, we actually learned that her first husband ended up on the business end of a 25 caliber pistol. Her first husband had died in bed and was killed um, at the business end of a 25 caliber pistol. And so now we have um, a lady who's had two husbands killed in bed with a 25 caliber gun. And uh, on both occasions, she was present. Who cleans their pistol in bed loaded and accidentally shoots themselves in the chest i ask you <laughs> and they show pictures they show a lot of pictures of larry in his casket well i mean it was in 88 when he when when our it was 78 when he was shot i know but our guy died in 88 so you know it's the late 70s when the first husband was mm-hmm. around and he is he's wearing a leisure he's suit buried in the leisure my suit. dad had that kind of a leisure suit <laughs> the short sleeve suit it's yeah. it's 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 a it's a it's a look um so she inherited his estate his family's crying foul and they say she you know that it was no accident but the cops 
label it an accident, and so she gets away with it. And we get more folksy wisdom from Buchanan at th- this point. The if it this looks like a laugh. duck and it walks it's like, like a, a duck, duck and, and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Yeah, ninety percent of what we do is common sense, and then we apply the other ten percent to law. And if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, by God, it's going to be a duck. So they have Eugene Bishop, who's some sort of engineer, do a trigger pull test. And it's where they slowly add weights to a contraption that's attached to the trigger to find out how much pressure is actually required to make the trigger, to pull the trigger on the pistol. She claimed it was a hair trigger. And as soon as she touched it, almost as soon as she touched it, it went off. He found out through his uh, measurements that it's a four pound pull on the trigger, which is anything but a hair trigger. Now, the only thing I'm going to say is, if you're not familiar with hair triggers, hair triggers do actually exist. I, my, my brother had a uh, 9mm uh, Uzi. We were at the firing range one time. It had a hair trigger, and I was I had it pointing down and slightly in front of me. I, I barely touched the trigger. It put a round into the ground about a foot in front of my yes. brother's foot. And the same thing happened to me, you know, down there in Florida in the woods. You, you know, you mm-hmm. go shoot guns in the woods. And I'm standing there, and I don't like revolvers. Uh-huh. I don't like revolvers anyway. But she was like, yo, I, this is my revolver. I really like it. This is the one I carry one, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I literally moved it from my right hand to my left hand, and it went off. God, it's scary. And I said, oops. And Christy goes, you don't say oops after a gun <laughs> you goes sure off. You sure don't. <laughs> and I, was, I actually thought I shot her car. Because we were right at the end of the driveway, yeah. I thought I, I thought I shot her car. It's so funny because when we were at the, it was at the firing range down near um, uh, Fort Bragg in North Carolina, and we he had a collection of guns and rifles with him, assault weapons and stuff, and he was using them all. There were a couple of guys further down, and they just had a measly pistol between the two of them. And my brother Mike thought he would be, you know, he's like, "Hey, do you guys want to try to try some other weapons?" Sure. They were like keeping Dixie cups in the air with pistols and things like that. They were Green Berets from Fort Bragg. They were spot on marksmen. They oh, they could funny. shoot circles around my brother. That's they were like funny. hitting bullseyes from like a hundred yards funny. away. And my brother Mike was just like, they were kind of showing him a few things. <laughs> or two. But it was it was uh it was good. So it's not a hair trigger. So now the trajectory of the bullet is called into question because that's not consistent with her story. It's not the right angle. It was coming in from above and not from behind. They find the shell casing on the bed. It's right next to his head, right by the gun. They do a, uh, a firing test on that. That pistol ejects the shell casings to the right and in the air. It should have been about three or four feet down the bed. It should bed. have been somewhere on the middle of the bed. So right. when she's staging the scene, that was a big mistake. And this is the best part. They get the bed linens back after they've been cleaned. But even though they've been cleaned, gunpowder residue will survive a cleaning. The, the, the chemicals right. they can search for, it. there's no evidence of that. And if she was as close to his head with the pistol as she said, it would have scorched some of the, the, the pillow or that. It would have... Sp- well, the yeah, the stuff was on the bed was on the uh, bedding that it shouldn't have been had it. It, no, sh- it was the other. It was the opposite of what it should have been, and which is why they said that they could. There, sh- there should have oh. been evidence. There should have been evidence of gunpowder even in the wash bed linens, and there wasn't any. Which Correct. means the pistol Thank was you. much Jesus, further away from his head. <laughs> it was the opposite of what you'd think it was. Exactly. Yes, I thought. Anyway, oh my God! Shut up, Jack. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. So, this is the best part. I really like this. We now see the videotaped reenactment with actual Barbara and Detective Buchanan. Oh my! And D- Buchanan is. He's like, I know I'm looking at a killer. She doesn't know I'm looking at a killer. I know I'm looking at a killer. Oh, I'm standing face to face with a killer. I know it, but she don't know I know it. And he actually plays the role of Stager in the bed. So she's lying in the bed, and she immediately 
realizes that her story is inconsistent. And I don't know how it was in my hand. I have no idea if I touched it. I don't know. I don't know. And almost immediately, she realizes there are inconsistencies. Well, wait a minute. That one's quite long. Okay. And then I start getting up. Okay. That's how it, that's how it was. I start getting up with it in my hand, but I don't know how I had it in my hand. Okay. And it's fantastic. I'm really surprised that she was able to figure it out at that point. I mean, if because they were trying to get her to reenact it, how would you? You know, she. What was interesting <laughs> about that video is is she's she's jerky. Oh, like she's moving well, around. I mean, like oh, no, I, no, no, it's, no, like, it's this way. I, it's this way. Did I say here? No. Did I? I no. Wait, here. Here. Oh, I'm such a silly ghost. Clearly, was where? Um, does this look good? I, I, and then I rose up, kind of. I can't. I have no memory. Can't, I don't uh, know. Can yeah. you just tell me? Because then we can just close this up. Clearly, it was an accident. Right. I can collect the insurance that my husband totally <laughs> took out on himself two weeks ago. And again, back to my being mean about the way she looks. If you could see the way this woman's dressed, she wears. <laughs> Dude, she, I can't describe it. She wears back in the now. This is '88, so this is very typical of the eight standard everyday not 80s trendy fashion no, but standard a, everyday 80s clothes it was the sleeveless v-neck sweater vests that every girl was wearing uh-huh. skirts and yeah. long flowy skirts and then she wore tights under the skirts and then she had like ugg boots on or whatever they, they had whatever uggs were right back then. right but uh, the whole time i'm looking at her i'm just like you're having affairs you're having affairs. You're really stuck on that. I am because it's like when you think of someone having. I'm so sorry. This woman doesn't have a lot of morals. I, I, I don't know I, why I you're. Guess she's she's killed two people. But I, but all I can think of is the pictures that they showed of her. It's like there. I would never in a million years look at her and go, "Oh, she's looking for a little on the side." She just doesn't look like she could obtain it. She doesn't look like she's got the skills to keep it. Clearly, she, she did. But apparently, she, and she. Well, anyway, so. If we thought Buchanan couldn't get any better, he does. Oh, my God, yes. But she's repositioning the body in the bed with her, trying to make it fit her story. And she can't do it. She's a lying-ass bitch. And that was probably vocalized uh, as I watched the video and replayed it and replayed it and replayed it. There was no doubt at all that she intentionally shot and killed Russ Steger. No doubt whatsoever <laughs> the cops also don't believe that with his training he would have kept a loaded pistol without with, the safety on under his pillow with that a gun that. in the chamber with a bullet in the or, chamber with a gun in the chamber you know what i meant mm-hmm. yeah so the performance she gave on the bed was great um that's what i'm saying the way she was all jerk no 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 it was and like, she's yes, actually no, no, no. do you see she's actually pushing buchanan yes and like she, trying to reposition him. he said yes yeah, she was trying to reposition the body she was trying to get him and it's like no we know exactly where the body the was you know, oh, it's just, it's galling that she thinks she's just going to kind of shoot from the hip. Now we find out that she's been spending extravagantly. She's run up a bunch of credit card debt. And, and this goes back. What the fuck is she spending the money on? Yeah, well, it doesn't really matter. She was forging checks. They look at his recently rewritten will. They find all of this is forged. She's forged everything. She how forged the you... signature on the life insurance. She forged the signature can... on the will. But doesn't all of that have to be done in front of, a, like, a, I guess a will doesn't necessarily have to be done in front of a lawyer, but there were witnesses on the will. So who were the witnesses? I, she, 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 it was all This forged. is one of the ones that I guess I wasn't finding. I didn't find the research I was looking for on her because- 
it didn't make sense to me. I, with, especially with a life insurance policy, you have to. I thought you had to do that in the presence of the insurance policy person or something like that. I didn't yeah. think you could just do that. Uh, yeah, it was. I we, still don't understand the way life insurance works. Yeah, it was for one hundred seventy thousand, and I really like that she kept it. That was a nuance that a lot of the good killers do. She didn't make it for like four million dollars. Right, one hundred seventy thousand. That's you believable. Know, that's enough to I'll pay stay off, off the, the radar. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one of Russell's uh, students is cleaning out lockers and he comes across a cassette and he goes and plays it and he immediately recognizes it. Which is a little weird to me so I think it had to have been more than that. Like just some random, if you were going through lockers and you've just found a random cassette would you uh, listen yeah, to I it? Yeah, I think I, in 1988 in Durham if yeah, I was a bored maybe. teenager I sure would. And they find out it's him. So he, um, from beyond the grave is oh, pointing yeah. the pointing the finger. He said that- My uh, jaw opened. She was trying, She well here's some bits. This is uh, Russ Steger. Uh, this is January 29th, 1988, 10 minutes of two. Last few nights, Barbara has woke me up and gave me what she said was two aspirin. She stood there to see if I took it. I did not take it. So I have to say, reenactment Russ did look like real life <laughs> Russ. This was a good one. So, uh, yeah, he said a couple of nights he tried to wait. She woke him up in the middle of the night, tried to give him... What she said was aspirin, but what he suspected was poison. He said she did that twice, and this was, and he made this. He tape. said she'd she'd get him riled up, and then say, "Here, take these aspirin." Yeah, and this was he made this tape three days before she shot him. So the the shell casings, the angle of the bullet, the lack of powder burns, the forged will and life insurance, and the cassette tape. They take her to court. She gets life. No, she gets the death sentence. sentence. Yeah, they take her to court. The jury has. I think that the. the the case went through fairly quickly. She gets the death sentence. It's later reversed to just life in prison without parole. Mm. Joe Lynn. And this is something another, I'm going to interrupt you. This is another one of those things I don't understand. Is it just because of the date on this and the, and the circumstances around the courthouses and stuff like that? But why are they constantly walking these people where they have to be? The perp walks? The perp walks. The, no, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I like, I am not walking. You're going to get me as close to that building. If it was me, uh, I want a back entrance. I want to be able to get yeah, out of the car and I, I walk right into the, the shaming, building. It's part of the culture of that. The perp walk. Yeah, I take it from room to room. Man, they perp walk the shit out of Oswald. Remember when I, they caught well, him? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he couldn't yeah. stay in a room for more than two minutes where they're <laughs> parading him out again with another black eye. <laughs> was, he, he was the king. Um, so we, um, Joe Lynn has one. We have one last little bit from his first wife, and it's very touching. I think... Those of us who cared so deeply for us ran it and raved and felt this was so unfair um, to take someone so special and so kind. And um, you, there's, there's never an answer to why. There's, there's never an answer to why evil wins sometimes. And she actually, I did a little bit of you. I did a lot, the lots I Google on this. Ch- I didn't just didn't get my normal chance to do it. Research. Kevin did research. <laughs> Prosecutor Evanson closes it out. This case was a terrible tragedy. A good man, not just one, but two, are gone. And um, they're gone forever because of the criminal conduct of Barbara Steger. And um, our court system worked. It uncovered the truth. A verdict was rendered and justice was done. But that's that. So she well, gets... What was the extra little stuff you found about about her? So then I went on to look at her mugshot. 
because I always like to see right. how they're staring. I showed you. You showed me the picture, and I, and again, what was the first thing I said? Ugh. Yeah. She looks like a bird. I, that's what I said. I went, ugh, she, she looks she, like a bird. She does look like a bird. She looks like a very haggard bird now. In 2017, Joe Lynn found out that she's been given lunch privileges. She's able to leave the prison <gasps> and go into town. She is able to go to lunch with non-law enforcement supervisors that have been cleared by the penitentiary and apparently Jolyn's friend saw her in a fairly upscale restaurant having lunch and Jolyn was pissed. And she I was- am sitting here with my, I literally jaw open. Yep. I did not know that. And I the- am looking at, I, when Kevin said that, I was per, I pearl clutched. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding and, me? And I think Jolyn either contacted the local newspaper or they contacted her and and she she's like what is this why is this how we reward a, you know a serial killer and uh so that was in two that was four years ago and they were like well the 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 prison was saying well we're, this is a program we're trying to get you know rehabilitate the prisoners and try and show them improve their quality of life no you don't get to improve their quality of I life they, they took either. two people's lives their their lives I don't are understand over that either so they I can mean, make license plates I wish they still made license plates why they, my understanding, they stopped doing that because they didn't want the out the outside world to have that kind of a connection to the people in prison. Oh wow, that that's what sense. I thought. Like, well, I'm going to track down this license plate and I'm going to kill this person. What? Hey, oh, I didn't really thought of that. See, now, now this is okay. Oh God, I'm going to look. I'm just looking fabulous in this. Particular oh, are you going to go off and about looks again? I'm going to sit. What? Are you going to go off about looks? No, again? but if you are in, if you are in prison. If you are in prison, or if you are in a, 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 I, oh God, this is horrible. If you are in prison and there's very little doubt to your innocence. Mm-hmm. Now there are some people who are in prison and they're yelling. There's straight, very little doubt to your guilt. Yes, I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. It's opposite day with you. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. So you're doing uh, a crappy job. It's a compliment. Uh, it's opposite day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why can't? The people that work in the the people that are in prison, they have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Why not have them? I mean, I understand that it can be abusive in the sense of like you know, like brew baker and shit like that, where you're in prison and you're being forced to work like slave labor. That's not what I'm talking about. But why can't that prison and they have some sort of a skill or something like making license plate? I mean, I don't. I'm not. Gonna I think say, some prisons do, don't they? I have no idea. I think they do. I think I'm. I'm. We probably should have before we start talking about this. Well, I, but this is one I know of those things. Prison it's like you know, that. but. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't, I can't sit here and say, I understand the difference between jails and prisons and holding. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to sit. It. But if you're, if you're this woman, this mm-hmm. woman, what's mm-hmm. her face Yeah, is in jail for the rest of her life, right? Yeah. yeah. She should have been in the electric chair. <laughs> well, that's true. And she's getting to go out to lunch. Yeah. Now I'm sorry. That it's I don't, calling. No, I don't it's agree calling with that at all. And she may have, they may have revoked that after, you know, public well, I would assume that I mean, they did. lesser crimes, if maybe you were assault or something and you're in for five years for, you know, but uh, you know, maybe something prison, like you're that. You're in prison. Yeah. If you're in prison, listen, I'm not going back in. I, 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 I will bang my metal cup. I can't do it. I can, yeah. I can't go back in. Right. I, I can't. But I mean, it. you take the, her but, out and, but I'm saying that once you, if you, you have a, 
you're there. Mm-hmm. Have some practical use of the time. I know that in I know that I've seen prisons and I know I've read stories where the prisons are semi-self-sufficient. They grow their own food, they make their own clothes, they they do all yeah. that kind of stuff. And yeah. and I think that I think that that is at least good in a way. I know that there's a lot of places that they can't do that kind of stuff because they can't have tools and they can't have metal yeah, implements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's got to be envelope stuffing um anything something anything. practical i mean yeah. all of the things in and, and i i remember if i'm i could probably be proven wrong on this but i want to say that there was a prison that was doing customer service okay they were doing a phone thing yeah, like yeah. people would call customer service and they would get people <laughs> how can i help you <laughs> don't make but, don't make me come through this phone <laughs> but you, but you know what i mean like they're they're trying to find practical ways and i think that is going to make these these people, and I'm not any of them, somehow more happy. I, if I have something, if I've got to, if I've got to work, if I've got to do some, if I have some sort of a, yeah. a not a hobby, but you know. Well, if Shawshank Redemption is to be believed, they just spend time in the yard lifting weights and getting in fights. <laughs> but I mean, I understand it's a modern day, and I understand that there's lots of things that have to be dealt with, and I understand that the expenses of running and maintaining prisons. I'm not talking about any of that, but I'm I'm just saying that if there has to be something practical for them to do, yeah, there is, and you know, there should be. What well, prison reform? Why don't you make that the, well, but uh, the I very? But this is you know, this is really, run for office and change. I am t- I am the typical like. Well, isn't there something for them to do? Over, like bitch you know, over a cup of coffee in the morning. I, you know, right, I don't, to, to yeah, your neighbor I, over I the thing. Yeah, isn't that? Did you hear? Yeah. I think that's a. Sh- isn't? Shouldn't she be doing something? I, and I know. She's wagging I, a big is, wooden spoon. Exactly. This is. <laughs> this, I look really bad on this episode uh, because of my little uh, close-minded view. Marie Hilly, the famous poison murderer of Arkansas or whatever back in the 70s she murdered her husband with arsenic she tried to kill her daughter they think she killed her mother-in-law she got this same sort of like we'll let you go out on prison with your um it was her second husband you know at supervised uh visits and she took off she you know said I'm just gonna go to you know the lobby to get something from the lobby or whatever and he was like oh okay I'll go across the street and get a six pack of beer he came back there was a note on the table saying I'm gone I can't go back to prison now, the fact that she wound up dead from exposure on her childhood at home a week later, about 20 miles away, that's beside the point. The thing is, she ran away and was trying to get away. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying that prisoners under any circumstances should be treated cruelly or may, may yeah, be Yeah, not cruelly, but not I'm this. Not, but I mean, like, you know, well, they made them work in fields. No, I'm not talking about any of that kind of stuff. But there has to be some sort of a practical application that can be in these situations. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't but know enough one, about the subject. This to say one really about reminds it. me of Amy Bosley. What we did it a few weeks back—the one who thought if she just killed her husband, that the company who had five million dollars in taxes. So I wonder if those two have become peasant, prison pen pals. No, I would yeah, like to yeah, think yeah, that they are. So but bizarre. anyway, you guys, if you're gonna do this, think it out. That's what I mean. If murder one hundred and one, Mabel. Think it out. Figure out where the shell casings are going. Oh my God! If you're gonna do this, think it out. Take out the life insurance. All right, good night, everybody. Do your homework, murderers. Or, 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 or.